heard it, everybody, loud and clear, it is a big Down to the Wire special here on Wildcat 91.9, the Big 12 preview show. I hope you're all as excited as we are, because we get to talk some smickety-smack here on the radio about the Big 12, specifically Kansas. A lot of a lot of a lot of beatdown of Kansas will be going on possibly tonight. It will depend on how it rolls. But I have a very, very special guest coming from the land of just across my tabletop. Good six feet if we're still into the six feet COVID protocols. Colin Settle, my man. Colin, how are you doing today? Doing good. Six feet apart, but no masks, man. I'm feeling good. That's <sighs> feeling that's good. the best part about it. <laughs> I know. Having to go up all those the the three flights of stairs here in McCain, <laughs> having to wear a mask. Like I'm a big dude, you're a big dude. You know how it is. I get out of breath super easy. It's, but hey, it's tough. It's football season. What? And more importantly, it's college football season. What? I am, I am beyond excited <laughs> to finally get to talk about college football yet again as we're going into this next season. I know because there was a lot of hype last year about how K State could pose a legitimate threat. In the Big 12, as we all have, we all have hoped, but unfortunately, the the gods of the sporting world did not deem us so lucky, and we had to deal with a unfortunate string of key injuries, specifically to one Skyler Thompson, which 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 hurt, which hurt a lot. But it's all looking up this year. It's been looking up. The recruits have been slowly but steadily flowing into K-State. Skylar Thompson is wearing number seven this year, switching numbers. And any time a quarterback that has wore number seven here at K-State played, they almost made the championship. Performed pretty well. They have think, performed pretty well. I think that's well. A, uh, a very good way of putting it. They have performed fairly well. Nothing, no, no notable names in the program that wore... Number seven, like Colin Klein. You know, two Heisman finalists. finalists. Quarterbacks. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's I, I'm excited, and we're not just going to get into K-State. We're going to go through the entire Big 12 as well. All and of I, the Big 12. All of the Big 12. This is the, this is the preview show. We're going to hit the first, uh, the first five teams uh, according to, I believe, was that the Big 12 uh, that put out the – Preseason rankings. Yes, the preseason earlier this week. Yes, the preseason poll coming through via the Big Twelve, saying who was picked to be the odds-on favorite to get first place votes. Somehow Kansas got thirty-nine. <laughs> it's generous. Um, I don't, I don't know how you can get thirty-nine votes for first place when you were 0-9 last year. But we won't get into too much of Very the Kansas generous. slander at the moment because we got to start. Yeah, yet. we're going to start from the top and work our way down. That's right. We're starting from the top, that means, unfortunately, working our way down, which uh, means, Colin, we have to start with. Don't. Got to start it. We're start it off strong. His favorite song. Just let it sink in, everybody. I know this sucks, but we got to start I can't it believe here. you're playing this song over K-State Airways. I cannot believe due the to, audacity <laughs> that you have mm-hmm. to play this song over a K-State airway. I know. I know. But as sports director, wow. I have a lot of obligations that I wow. need to keep. Um, production value is one. And I know it pains us that we have to listen to Boomer Sooner for, like, 
20 more seconds here. You could cut it now. I could cut it now, but uh, seeing your pain and suffering, maybe... Maybe go a little longer, maybe. <laughs> a rerun? No, go again. Here we go. go. Chat right okay. okay, okay. All right. Start, yeah. <laughs> Starting off, Oklahoma was ranked first to finish in the Big 12 with 386 mm-hmm. points. 35 first place votes. 35 first place votes. And honestly, I'm not surprised. No, I don't think I anybody think, should I think be. that's the I think that's the best uh the best way to put it is I'm just doesn't surprise me it happens every year. I think this is I believe I saw a stat where this is the fifth or sixth year in a row where they were picked to finish first in the preseason polls. Mm-hmm. Um so I mean that doesn't surprise me. You look at the talent on the roster, you know, Spencer Rattler, I figure we could get into him a little bit. Of course. Uh Pax, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Marvin Mims. Oh. Um, so excited, but you know, I just, I'm just, I, I'm not surprised. That's, that's really, that's really the, the only thing that I have to say about that is looking at, looking at how Oklahoma finished last season and going into this season where other teams have, you know, I don't want to say lost a step, but they've also lost players and we'll get into that later Mm -hmm. as well. But yeah, I look at Oklahoma's schedule and I figure we could get into that for each team. I have a whole spreadsheet put up here. Oklahoma starts off the season at Tulane, who finished six and six last season. Uh, Western Carolina, who finished one and eight, and then Nebraska, which is like an ESPN highlight game. Darling, yes. yeah, it's oh, oh Oklahoma, God. Nebraska, whatever. And Nebraska finished three and five last season as well. So, <laughs> I mean, a combined, I believe that would be ten and nineteen mm-hmm. for their first three opponents. So. Yeah, if you're going to talk strength of schedule where they don't have to play Iowa State and Oklahoma State until the last two games of the season. And unbelievable how they lucked out of that one. Oh, yeah. I think, I think you know, you have West Virginia to open up conference play. Then you go at the Bill. You come into Manhattan to face Skylar Thompson one more time. We all know how last and we time. Are, and we all know how the last two times have gone. I know. The, <laughs> that Oklahoma has had to face Skylar Thompson and that – K-State squad who is just relentless and will not go away. Then you have Texas, TCU. You go at, sorry, you're at (laughs) K-State, you're at Texas. You have TCU at home, which should be a gimme at that point. You're at KU. You have Texas Tech at home. You're at Baylor. Then you have uh, Iowa State at home, which is a huge game. Huge game specifically for Oklahoma to be able to have that game at home. Seeing how highly touted Iowa State is becoming right now, and there we'll get into them next oh, because yeah. they're second they're in second voting as well. So we'll get into them next. But yeah, that's a huge game to have at home against an Iowa State squad that went nine and three overall last season and eight and one in Big Twelve play. You know, and then, and then you finish at Oklahoma State. Yes, of course. They got, and I again, I don't want to complain too much, but they got a little softballers for the first couple for the specifically. Starting off the Big 12, you start Big 12 play against West Virginia. You couldn't have asked for a, a better gimme than that one because didn't what, which did, where did K State? I think their first Big 12 opponent was Texas Tech, I believe, because that was after Arkansas State, right? Last season or this season? What you, last what year for K State? Last year it was Arkansas State, mm-hmm. Oklahoma, and that was uh, tough. And that was a that was a banger. And, and here's and here's the deal: K State. 
was going to be one and one mm-hmm. after the first two weeks of the season, but I guess it kind of flipped the wrong way. Shot, yeah, it shocked <laughs> people. It flipped the wrong way in, into what people thought was actually going to happen. But yeah, I here I can pull that up. Yeah, if first, you my, look if you want to go, year. my first takeaways is we're expecting Oklahoma to come into K State five and zero without, yeah. and I think Tulane. And then playing Western Carolina, or, or leaving leaving K State. Oh, oh, at at five and zero. Oh. I would because, assume so. Yeah, yeah. If you if you look at probably what ESPN analytics and what people are saying right now, uh, you know these so called experts. Whatever you know, <laughs> well, whatever whatever that what means. Quantifies right? an expert now. Exactly, exactly. You know. You go at Tulane, who finished six and six. That's mm-hmm. going to be a win. Western Carolina, who finished one and eight. That's a win. Nebraska, who finished three and five, frauds. <laughs> I will say that <laughs> they, Nebraska are frauds. They've always kind. Let's be real. They've always kind of been like a of overhyped, like Texas, an overhyped team. Because when Scott Frost came in, it was like well, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, I guess if you're talking more recently, but I mean, I believe Nebraska is like the most winning yeah, college football team ever. That, so, that is true. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, if we're talking more recently over the last five, six years, or you know, ever since they left the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. I mean, they probably regret that move. Right? Oh now, yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Looking at the. <laughs> the bottom of the Big 12. Mm-hmm. And I fear I fear yeah, we'll get into that, we'll get that later. later as well, but then you go against Nebraska, that's they're going to be 3 and 0 because their first 3 games of the schedule are absolute cupcakes like, in my to- opinion. Like here's the thing. If you're concerned and we'll get more into Spencer Rattler, it has always been what Spencer Rattler going to look like cuz last yeah. year wasn't the Tua Tonga Vailoa explosion yep. that's happened with Alabama. It was more of a hey, we've seen the flashes, and then the one game where he got benched at halftime when we yeah. all thought, oh, God, that's um, that's a shock. Three Was it three interceptions in so. the first yeah. half alone? As an Oklahoma State court, at Oklahoma State, as an Oklahoma quarterback, yeah. well, that's, like that's some, unheard of. That is unheard When's the last time I think I've seen a quarterback of that stature throw more than one in a first half? I believe that was Kyle Trask. Last season oh as well, God, right? Yes. When he imploded mm-hmm. late in the season. It's because uh, you had Baker Mayfield, a protective, a super protective, accurate yep. quarterback. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts who was move the around epitome the pocket. of yep. extra act. Because he think he had over a 70% completion yep. percentage. He wasn't making many mistakes. And then Spencer Rattler was supposed to be this almost evolution of that type of gunslinger-esque but has the mobility to to keep them like in the same field of Jalen Hurts. Offense. I think the issue is because he was so young. Yep. I think mm-hmm. because he was a redshirt freshman, it's a lot of pressure. That's so much pressure, especially going into you know specifically talking the K State game last year, just because that's probably what we have the most knowledge about. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a game where they went in not thinking anything of it. And they're like, we're just going to breeze by. We're going to go undefeated in Big 12 play. Oh, yeah. We're going to make the playoff and then probably get blown out like they always do. But all jokes, don't yeah, don't <laughs> attack me here. But, you know, I – yeah, they completely overlooked K-State, and K-State came out and, yeah. Punched him in the punched mouth. Punched him in the mouth, specifically in the second half, In the though. second half, yeah. Because the first and half And K-State is a second-half team. I, I, think, I think that's the best way to put it. <laughs> Against Oklahoma, well, besides the, I think it was 2018 or 2019 yeah. game, they, 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 were first, they were an all-time yeah. game. They are, specifically last year, have been a better second-half opponent yes. than before. But Spencer agree. Rattler is, the, in my opinion, the biggest question mark because he plays the biggest position in all of – Football. Do you the think, quarterback? Do you think he's the best quarterback in the Big Twelve right now? <laughs> like if you if you had yes, to go through because and I hate give, Brock Purdy. 
And if and, and and we'll get to Iowa State and we'll again get to in a Iowa little State bit, and we'll get to West Virginia and TCU. And there, and, but yeah, but yeah. I think I do believe he because again, in the games that I watched of him, where he wasn't imploding in the first, a half, top three quarterback in the looked, Big Twelve, he looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he looked he showed the flashes that I would have thought of. He's accurate. He's got a big arm. He can throw the ball. Mobile. He's strong. He's mo. I was about yeah. It's like he's watching mo- Jalen Hurts in that system. Yeah, like on steroids. Yeah. Because he 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 can be, in my opinion, the first overall pick this year, because this is a weak quarterback draft. Because I I hate Sam Howell. I do not I I really I do not like Sam Howell. Interesting. Um, there's some other names that are in the back half of this conversation. I forgot who a lot of them were, but sure, sure. But there, it's not a dead set. Hey, number one is Trevor Lawrence, or number one yeah. is is Andrew Luck. It's kind of just like this Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. Anyone want to buy the Sam Howell stock train before it leaves well, the station? And then if if Iowa State can get going early, obviously Man, the Brock, Brock Purdy's Purdy. name Here is comes be again. Thrown. He's going to be thrown <laughs> into the ring, and that's just and that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, looking at looking at Oklahoma specifically for the moment before we before we move on to Iowa State here, you know, I look at this roster and they have a lot of talent. And specifically, a, how about the running attack? I was gonna say you have uh, Kennedy Brooks, mm-hmm. uh, Caleb Williams, Eric Gray, uh, Austin Stogner, uh, Jeremiah Hall, and then obviously um, Spencer Rattler can can Rob, move as well. But move. then <laughs> that's not it. You go to their receivers, specifically talking the sophomore. Marvin Mims, mm. who everyone is saying is is the best receiver in college football right now, and I wholeheartedly agree on that. I take. would agree with that as well. Marvin Mims is He's such an athlete. An he, is, he is that dude. I love because, and I think Marvin Mims reminds me a lot of, and this is going to be a really interesting take, but I think he reminds me of um, Jamar Chase in terms of I think so too, just in his skill set. The problem with um, Jamar Chase was we never got to see him. Any at all with Joe Burrow because he opted out that year. Yep. But just the ability of the big play aspect, where you don't have to, you have to always worry about where Marvin Mims is on this field. That he, yes, he's five eleven. Okay, he's not the biggest, you know, Julio Jones or Mari Cooper stature of of bulk and machine. He's a, he's a Tyree Kill shifty five eleven, but. Jumping thirty-seven point two inch vertical is uh, a little scary for his size. As five eleven, jumping that high, there's some big play potential. And with Spencer Rattler at the helm, I think this could be the Joe Burrow, um, Jamar Chase we probably never got this year. If if it all clicks for Spencer Rattler and the fact that he's getting. Four softballs to start the season. Yeah, maybe we think Nebraska this year. This is the year. <laughs> that considering, considering if you're thinking West Virginia is a softball, and we can get into that, and we can, yeah, and but, we and we can get into that later. But yeah, just you know, I pull I pulled up some other stats here from Irvin Mims. He's five eleven, one seventy seven. Uh, he runs a four three six forty, anywhere from a four three six to a four four six. Uh, and the four six that four six is I think on his worst day. Yeah, his his worst time is a four five four. Yeah. That's his his worst forty time is a four five four, <laughs> and his best is a four three six. And if it's so, four three six, not constantly, but he does it at a pro day. Woo, baby! Yeah. No, he can move. He can move. That is for sure. And, and I think the only issue that we can see with Marvin Mims, K State as and again, this is all hypothetical. K State moving to three three five. 
K-State does like to put a lot of press on the wide receivers. Marvin Mims is not, again, the biggest, bulkiest machine no. out there. So he is a slot receiver. A press corner who is a bully can get their way with Marvin Mims. And that's where he's really got to work on is his explosion off the line as well as can he create separation from the line, whether it be the footwork, like Jerry Judy style where he's just going to juke you out your shoes, or just the elite blow-by speed that we've seen but haven't fully realized yet. That's where I think this year might be that proving year for him to separate himself from the other wide receivers in college football is if he can blow off the line like we hope he he has the potential for, hmm. We couldn't see another wide receiver taken in the maybe top ten. I think, I yeah, I agree with most of what you said. I do think he just plays more inside. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the other two receivers that are going to be playing the X and the Y, the outside receivers in the Oklahoma system: Theo Wees and Jaden Hazelwood. Gotcha. Theo mm-hmm. is six foot three. Mm-hmm. Jaden is six foot two, and then Marvin is five eleven. So obviously, if you have these two behemoths that can go out there and play the edge, that's where you want them. And then to be able to put Marvin in the slot where he's going to succeed the most, playing on the inside of the ball. Of course. I think I think that's just the best place for him because of his explosive ability. Hey, don't forget Drake Stoops. Don't forget Drake Stoops. Don't forget Stoops. Drake Stoops, everybody. Speaking of explosive ability, let's talk about Brees Oh, well, we're gonna. Well, I gotta hold up. I got hold up. Actually, actually, before we go, Oklahoma did land the top quarterback recruit this year, and Caleb Williams from Gonzaga High School in Washington D.C. This scares me a little more because I've seen some of this Caleb Williams tape, and he's a big boy. He's got a big arm. He reminds me a lot of a Cam Newton size, but with the throwing ability. And I know he won't see any playing time this year, but Oklahoma might be in good hands for quite some time if Spencer Rattler leaves for the NFL. I will. I I, I just want to correct you real quick, so you don't sound. Oh, is he not the so you f- don't sound. So you don't sound. <laughs> you know. I don't want to say idiotic, but you know, so you don't sound uneducated. I get you. He's six one two ten. Ah, so he's not Cam. Never mind. Size. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> he's the number six athlete in the nation. He's a five star quarterback. Mm. He's the number one quarterback in in this twenty twenty one class, and he's the number one quarterback in in his state. So, yeah, he. I haven't watched a ton of tape on him. I've um, watched a little tape on him, and. <clears throat> if you're a Big 12 fan and you're thinking Jake Rubley's the stuff for K-State going <laughs> in the future, like I am, I'm a big believer in the Jake Rubley sure, hype sure. train, seeing Caleb Williams possibly for two, three years might um, put a wrench in all of our plans for K-State world domination, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately, and I mean, I feel like that's just how it's been ever since 2012. Yeah. When, you know, you go into you go into that Baylor game where Baylor was the worst Rushing defense gonna make, in the Big Twelve. Gonna hash up these poor memories. And yeah, because I think I think it's a it's a good comparison to mm-hmm. say just don't get your hopes up That's because there's <laughs> always going to be Oklahoma. There's always going to be something in your way, and there's always going to be something that you're going to have to overcome. Mm-hmm. And this is just another one of those things where you know because of the logo on the side of the helmet, K State is just always going to be. 
you know? The underdog. The underdog. And that's, Just because of the logo on the helmet. And we've seen it this year as well. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, we've seen it this year. But now we're going to move on to the next team in our discussion, who I think are with a more With a more tolerable uh, fight song, I think. Yes, the Iowa State is... The next team that was... Paxton, I swear, if you play Boomer Sooner ever again on this... Stop it. I will leave. I'm sorry. <laughs> but Iowa State is next up. They were actually ranked second in the Big 12 poll with four first-place votes, which I wouldn't say is shocking, but four might be a bit... Not low, but I wasn't really expecting four to come in... For Iowa State, because I'm not going to lie, I'm not a real big Iowa State fan. Not just because I'm a K-State fan, but from like a analyst perspective, every time I see Brock Purdy, I just throw up in my mouth. You just, just, uh, a wee you bit. just don't like Brock Purdy. I, that's a good point. I just hate Brock Purdy, because wasn't it that same year when Jordan Love was coming out that we were all discussing Brock Purdy might be the, the next big thing coming out of college football, or he was going to be in that first round discussion, and then he had probably one of his worst years ever as a quarterback. I just hate Brock Purdy. But they are listed as number two in the Big 12 poll, maybe to in part to one Breeze Love. Breeze Hall. Hall. Damn it. I don't know why I said love. <laughs> My brain was in, it was in a different mindset. Another, another quick thing. If you look at the AP Top 25 preseason poll put out by the NCAA, mm-hmm. Oklahoma is ranked third in the nation preseason, and Iowa State is ranked fifth uh, in the preseason poll. Fifth yeah. in the preseason poll. Ahead of Ohio State, Texas A&M, Cincinnati, Indiana, Iowa, uh, and that rounds out the top ten. Then you mm-hmm. get into North Carolina, uh, Washington, and then eventually we'll see Texas down, uh, down the line. Down the well. line. So, <laughs> yeah, I looking at how they finished last year and just seeing how dominant – um, this Iowa State team was. I I'm not surprised. You aren't. I will say that mm-hmm. I'm not surprised with uh with where this team is is ranked right now. In terms of preseason Big Twelve, they have um a relatively soft start of the schedule, starting with Northern Iowa on September fourth. Who went three and four last season? Mm-hmm. They, then they go to Iowa, which Who is six and two last season. One of the tough, their toughest opponents. That is their toughest out of conference uh, opponent. opponent. And then they got you, you got you and UNLV, LV, went zero six. And then you begin with Baylor, Baylor, Kansas, KU, and then K-State, Kansas State, and then Oklahoma State. So a relatively easy start to the schedule, with the lone exception being a top ten potential Iowa team coming in the second week of your season. Which, in many people's estimation, is second week you're still getting acclimated back to the football scene, and that's when really anything can happen, as we saw Arkansas State shockingly defeat Kansas State in the first game when we all expected that one to be a K-State-dominated victory. Yeah, and I think you look at uh, you look at some of the, the talent here on this Iowa State team, and obviously you look at Brock Purdy and Brees Hall. Those yep. are the two guys that immediately... Just jump Pump. out of you. The, those are those are the two front runners uh, on this team right now that are going to help carry this team. I think if you look defensively, I think strong safety Greg Ellsworth could be a big uh, a big time player for them. Anthony Johnson, cornerback, defensive back there could be big. Uh, their line is pretty scary. 
Will Defensive, McDonald yes. with ten and a half sacks last year. Yeah. You got linebacker Mike Rose, who is is one many people among the top defensive prospects mm-hmm. in college football, is poof, pretty pretty good. They only allowed, I believe, twenty one point four points per game as a whole defensively last year. And we always were when a lot of people would always gaze at Brees Hall and Brock Purdy to be the shining star for Iowa State. Their defense has risen to the occasion, specifically in a Big 12, which is notoriously known for poor defenses in the league. Yeah, Iowa State gave up the second-fewest amount of points. Um, Is this in Big 12 or in all of college football? I believe this could just be in Big 12. Okay. Sorry, third. They gave up the third-most yards in all Big 12. Or, sorry, they gave up the third-most, third-least points. Mm Mm-hmm. In in Big Twelve play with two hundred and fifty seven, they gave up twenty one points a game, which wow. was uh, on average uh, the second fewest amount of points. Who was first? Was it Oklahoma? West Virginia. West Virginia had a pretty nice defense last season. I, I will say with get... with the, the Stills brothers playing down low. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, control. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I actually want to talk on Brees Hall real quick yeah. because this is an interesting discussion I heard a few a few weeks ago that there was a discussion that the Big 12 have might have one of the scariest running backs in all of college football. Because you have Brees Hall, you had B. John Robinson last year. Of Texas. And I have a clip that says Joel Klatt thinks B. John Robinson might win the Heisman. Or he might be the best runner or the best runner in all of college football. And then a guy on CBS Sports also said B. John Robinson could win the Heisman this year like a, as a surprise pick. And then you have Deuce Vaughn, who I want to say is being slept on, but oh, he's not being slept on. No, no, he has. I, I've Deuce seen... is being slept. Did you did you have a clip? For I me do on? have that. Yeah, I, go I ahead do and have. That. This I'm, is, I'm curious. To this was a say. this was a more interesting clip as in terms to overall Steve Sarkeesian, but the idea of the Bijan Robinson is I gotta hunt for it around here somewhere. Uh, for Bijan Robinson, is. Is what really got me. I don't think I put it in here. Gosh dang it. Give me a second here. I have a lot of stuff. <laughs> if we want to keep talking. But let's do discuss before, as I find that um, clip about Brees Hall. Yeah, I think I think Brees Hall is definitely one of the top backs in the Big 12. Uh, him and Bijan both, I finished, think, finished top two in rushing yards for running backs in the Big 12 last season. Uh, and then you look at the guy like Chuba Hubbard, mm-hmm. who obviously didn't have – you know, the amount of production as he did in 2019. 2019 was uh, his best season of course. at Oklahoma State. Yep, yep, yep. And it 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 showed. He he played phenomenally. And then you come out last season, you have uh, L.D. Brown comes out. You have this more stylized running attack. And Chuba just kind of – he just didn't produce as well. I think it's one of those things where you overhype the player and then they have a decent season – but then they just don't live up to the high expectations. Of I think I think that was the main thing with Chuba. And then obviously you talk uh, Deuce Vaughn, who I think it's it's really just those four last oh excuse me last season <laughs> um, that really kind of took the head on on the running back stance in the Big Twelve right now. Mm-hmm. Say say what you will about Deuce Vaughn, I'm I'm a huge Deuce Vaughn fan. Um, he, in my mind, seems more like a pass-catching running back 
than a down. Obviously, not a downhill guy. He's oh, five six, yeah. five, like he's. He's one of the shortest players in college football. He's not. He's not going to be the guy to go between the between linemen. the tackles. Mm-hmm. That's where you put a guy like Joe Irvin or Jacadia Wright or one of those guys in there, mm-hmm. right? And that's what they did with, with what Casey did with Harry Trotter last season as well. Is you know you get somebody who's a little bit bigger. Not to say that Harry Trotter's. You know the biggest guy on the field, but yeah. he's bigger than Deuce, and he has the experience. And because he was older, he could find those holes. I think that's why they would put him in in those sort of goal line situations mm-hmm. if they're running between the tackles. Obviously, if you want to run to the outside, you're going to give it to Deuce because he's shifty and he can move. But yeah, if we're talking top running backs in the Big Twelve right now, uh, in no particular order, it's Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson, and then Deuce Vaughn. I don't have that clip, but. Brees Hall, 279 carries for 1,500 yards, 5.6 average, and 21 touchdowns with a long of 75, which was also the exact same long he had a year prior in his freshman season. So also, 23 receiving, uh, 23 receptions, 180 yards, 7.8 average with two touchdowns. He does have the ability to be a dual-threat-style running back, but not to the degree of Christian McCaffrey or what sure. we might see from this year with Deuce Vaughn. But Brees Hall is, in my opinion, the shining star on this team. I, everybody, Brock Purdy, everyone going to talk about Brock oh, Purdy. Oh, no, I, th- I think it's Brees Hall. I, mm-hmm. think, I think a lot of people gravitate towards him more than, than Brock Purdy. And then if we're looking at the schedule here, no, what do you— <laughs> Brock Purdy just isn't very Purdy. <laughs> When it comes to his statistics and as a quarterback, yeah. in my opinion, he had last year 19 touchdowns to 9 interceptions, um, 7.5 average passing distance, yeah. which has consistently gone down every single year for Brock Purdy. 2,750 yards on 66.6, the sign of the devil. Um, yard, see, I'm telling you, he's cursed man. See that? There it is. There's your confirmation. Brock Purdy's um, the spot of the devil. He must be burned in hell. <laughs> Biggest game on the schedule for Iowa State, obviously, it has to be at Oklahoma. This uh, almost the last game, the second, second last, last game, game of their season. Yeah, because they go Northern Iowa, Iowa, which will be a big game, big out of conference game there at UNLV, who went 0 six. So mm-hmm. they could potentially be three and zero or two and one. I think after these three out-of-conference games. You go at Baylor, that's going to be a win. You have KU at home. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> it's a softball. That's a, The real definition of a softball is KU oh, coming in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you go at K-State, which will be an interesting matchup, hopefully. You know, with Skylar Thompson, I think this team will not get blown out like they did last season. Because K-State started 4-1 and one last year. Let's not forget that. They were on the verge. like They were on the verge t- to finish top three in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. With and Will then, Howard. Yeah. Yeah. With... <laughs> No, don't bring it up. Bring I know, up. I know. I'm sorry. Then you have <laughs> you have Oklahoma State. Then you have at West Virginia, which I'm sure will be the easiest road win that they'll have over the course of the season. Texas at home, which is big for them. Mm-hmm. Although Texas are frauds, we'll get into that we'll get into here that in a one. second. You have at Texas Tech. Actually, no, that will be the easiest road win for uh, for <laughs> Iowa State <laughs> this season. Uh, then you have OU at home, or no, you're at OU, and then you have TCU at home to wrap up the season. OU, second last game of the year, biggest game for for Iowa State going into this next. And season. because of that, somebody has be- has bought into this idea that the Big Twelve might be for the second time in a row. There's been a, last year, one division had two, one conference had two teams in the playoffs. 
Heather Dinich of ESPN believes that the Big 12 this year will have two teams in the college football playoffs. Here he is, here she is, excuse me, explaining why she believes such a thing, and it, of course, involves Iowa State. Hey, bring it on, and by the way, take a number, you know, right behind Ohio <laughs> State fans. I, this, this skin's pretty thick, but listen, I am on the Big 12 bandwagon, in case you couldn't tell, and it's because of Iowa State. I think that they have a chance at a really special season, and it's because they have two Heisman hopefuls on their roster, not one, two. Brock Purdy, their quarterback, Brees Hall, their running back, they're spectacular. Matt Campbell has the ability to recruit three stars and get them to play like five stars. I talked to their tight end, Chase Allen, last week, and he told me that they are a really special team in terms of they actually like each other, right? Now, I say this, and my theory is going to get blown up if they don't beat Iowa. And I think Iowa is a really great team, and they have a chance for a special year under Kirk Ferentz. So <laughs> I think that that's one of the, uh, the big questions. If they can get past them, then bring it on, guys. This is a load of barnacles. The power of friendship, that everybody. They like each the other. The power what? of friendship is I back. I think I just gave the biggest eye roll of my entire life. Don't you sleep on the power of friendship. Oh it's always there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, listen, with that, it's all hopes are lost. We, can we move on to Texas? We are moving on um, to frauds. Frauds. That's frauds. it. No, no, no. Don't even play the theme song. That's, That's Texas. Frauds. frauds. Oklahoma State, <laughs> let's go. All right. Looking at the Oklahoma State. No, I'm kidding. So, Texas. <laughs> Texas, everybody. I think this is bare. If we're, okay, if we're going to rank fight songs, Big 12 fight songs, Texas is bearable. Uh huh. Oklahoma's. Uh, Oklahoma, we're leaving it off the list. <laughs> uh, Iowa State's is okay. Um,. I guess we'll we'll see where we're we'll at. See so we so get if, the rest. if we're gonna rank them so far, uh, OU is at the bottom. They're they're ten. My right ears now. are bleeding from OU. Uh, and I'll I'll say Ted just because we only have three. Uh, I'll put Texas at one. Iowa State at two mm-hmm. for now. But when we get more, we'll we'll mix it up. We all know who the real champion is. Of course, we all know. But yes, it is fraud. It's fraudulent season, everybody. Make sure you get your taxpayer dollars paid, and not sure you get any of that credit card fraud because Texas is here to steal your money. They have been for the last couple of years. They hired Steve Sarkeesian this offseason after Tom Herman was fired, which a lot of people thought he was going to at least stay for one more year with a pretty strong back half of the schedule, but was gone. They bring in the Sarkster himself, Steve Sarkeesian, who coached out of his mind at Alabama these last couple of years, gets another redemption arc with, with the Texas Longhorns, who... Have forever will be encantalized as Texas is back, even though Texas was never, never back. We're back. We're... <laughs> Do you not have that clip? No, I wish I did. Ugh. Yeah, I know. But Texas, We're they back. are here, and um, they lost Sam Ellinger, who was the biggest. That was their biggest loss. That was their biggest. That was loss. their biggest loss going into going into this season. They went five and three, seven and three. Uh, seven three overall, five and three in conference last season. They opened their season up with <laughs> probably the hardest opener for yeah, statistically the hardest opener for any Big Twelve team. They're going up against a Louis- Louisiana team, Louisiana the Lafayette, raging, the raging Cajuns that finished ten and one last season. <laughs> then they go at Arkansas, who finished three and seven. You have Rice at two and three. Then you have Texas Tech, TCU, and then OU at home. This. 
and I heard a lot of people say this, is the strongest non-conference schedules in some people's opinions. Uh, I would disagree, but... Joel Klatt said that, so at Joel Klatt. Everybody, at Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt, the man himself, <laughs> said... Uh, I would say, statistically speaking, uh, K-State, Oklahoma State, or... Yeah, K-State, I'd say K-State, Oklahoma State are probably the teams that have the hardest non-con schedules mm-hmm. right now in my mind. So they got some returning figures. Of course, Bijan Robinson is the big breakout shining star of this team. Then we also, they got a, a good fair majority of some transfers this year. They actually got two from Alabama, which was a very, I want to say an interesting term, but would help their team a lot. They got Cleland Robinson from Alabama, 5'9", 180 in the running back, and then Ben Davis, a three-star, who was a five-star recruit coming out of high school playing a linebacker, got an immediate waiver to play for Texas this year. In their 2021 rankings in terms of recruit, they were 15th nationally, second in the Big 12, leading the way with five-star athlete uh, Jatavian Sanders. 6'3", 235 pounds. Athlete's a, a, an interesting role because, again, you, he can be played flexed throughout it. But he has played a majority of his time, I believe, as um, a potential tight end and um, outside linebacker defensive end type player. So they got some good pressure along the outside. But it's all about they lost Sam Ellinger. What in the blue hell are they going to be doing at quarterback for, uh, for this team? Uh, from what I'm looking at from projections, I think it'll probably be Casey Thompson, uh, maybe Hudson Card, although he's a redshirt freshman, so probably not. They also have Charles Wright, who's another freshman coming in, but it'll probably be the redshirt junior Casey Thompson in my mind. But I honestly don't think that they're going to be <laughs> throwing the ball too much, nope. especially if you have a guy like Bijan Robinson – uh, in the backfield, I think having guys like Denzel Okafor, uh, you know, guys like Cade Brewer up top that you know, and obviously Cade Brewer is a is a tight end, but I think he can block quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, throwing throwing him in that ring as well, Christian Jones, uh, Jake Majors playing center, I think, and then obviously Denzel Okafor, who's the Richard senior. Uh, on this offensive line, I think they have pretty decent size at offensive line. And it'll just be even more. I honestly think Bijan is probably going to have his best season. He uh, is going forward uh-huh. and for, for this season. I think because again, Casey Thompson in his career only has, excuse me, less than 350 yards total passing. 2020, he had 17 attempts, 225 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions, 13.2 yards average. And that's it. And he's going to be your presumably number one guy. And then, other than that, it's like, well, Bijan's going to have to <laughs> hold that ball a lot. And hold that ball he will because in his last couple of games against Colorado and K-State, 172 yards on nine carries against K-State. 183 yards against Colorado on ten carries. That screams... Eater of worlds in the running back position. Texas averaged the second most rushing yards per game at 198, uh, uh, second behind TCU. 
So TCU had the most running yards per game. I forgot who their running back even was. Rushing yards per game. Oh, probably Max Douglas. Uh, was TCU Max was probably running around for his life. Yeah, yeah. bless his soul. Um, but they finished with 2,100 yards total on the season uh, team stat, which is, you know, top half of the Big 12, nothing too, nothing too insane. Definitely a top four, top five team in terms of rushing. But when you have a guy like Bijan Robinson, who is a sophomore. Yep. A sophomore. Yep. And he put up and he put up ridiculous numbers. And you can say you can say what you want about Deuce Vaughn. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just Deuce's size uh-huh. keeps him off the field. And Deuce was also hurt. Yep. For was it the West Virginia game? I believe it that was. He got he got hurt mm-hmm. halfway through the West Virginia game. So I mean, if you give him more time on the field, I think Deuce produces. Obviously, he's going to produce more. Of course. Um, but Bijan at but Bijan six feet two twenty two. That's a big guy. That's he's a, hard to bring down. That's a and of course K State learned the hard way. Yeah. how to not bring down one Bijan Robinson. It wasn't just Bijan that they got blown apart by last year. It was also um, their second string running back, who I'm blanking on at the moment. I will figure it out. It might have been Sarat. Was that Sarodrick Thompson? Uh I'll look it up. I'll got you. I got you here. I will figure it out for you. There's Bijan, and then... Why I just find that Texas game? is so irrelevant that I don't need to... You don't care about Texas anymore? I, I don't care do you about not, do you not Do you not think um, Steve Sarkeesian could potentially turn this team around? Because, yes, Tom Herman coming out of Houston was supposed to be the savior in I mean, terms we'll of see, a- man. <laughs> I, think, I think that's just the best, uh, the best answer I can give is we'll see. We'll see. I think we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I think the biggest game for Texas uh, right now might be the opener against the Raging Cajuns, mm-hmm. uh, who went ten and one last season. I'm not sure what they're looking like going into this season. Obviously, OU is going to be a big game. Uh, I think probably their biggest game right now is at ISU. I think at Iowa State is going to be very telling mm-hmm. on where the Big Twelve is going to finish because Texas is projected to finish third. Yep. Uh, in Big 12 voting, so they received uh, 273 uh, votes points. Mm-hmm. So Roshan Johnson was the other oh, running yes, back yes, that yes, demolished yes. K-State on 14 carries, 139 yards. Yeah. It was a very unfortunate game where we lost 63 to... Um, and we're not going to talk about it. We're going to move on. We're moving on to <laughs> Oklahoma State. <laughs> Oklahoma State. In my opinion, has uh, the second hardest non-con schedule uh, for the Big 12 teams right now. Second hardest, in your opinion. Behind uh, Kansas State. We'll yes. <laughs> we, will get, we will jump to in a bit. Now, we called Texas the Frauds for very good reasons. Now, actually, first got to get to Fight Song. Do you think this is 2-4 time? <clears throat> is it 4-4? As, as, as a former drum major, I should know this. 1-2-3. It's 3-4. It's Three, four, that now one, it's four, four. Now it's four, four. Yes. Yeah. But before we get on to football, uh, fight song. Where's this ranking? I'd say I'm still. Obviously, OU is bottom of, of course. the bottom of the list at ten. I'll probably go Texas, OSU, Iowa State. Really? You're not gonna put? I, you know, I had a feeling this one got me a little more into it. So I might put on my ranking OSU higher than Texas in terms of okay. of their star power of this fight sure. song. But they are number four. In the conference, almost said country, in the conference, 
and receiving you, 266 points. And you have said a couple of days ago when I was speaking with you that you are not a big believer in the Oklahoma State hype train that has coming through for them. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about, but I'll, I'll roll with it. Because uh, I, I was on your show on Tuesday, but uh, don't remember exactly what I said. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll run with this. We'll look at their schedule first, and maybe it'll jog my memory. Maybe it'll, it'll refresh it a little Missouri bit. Missouri State. Okay, first of all, Oklahoma State finished 6-3 and three in conference, 8-3 and three overall last season. Uh, you go Missouri State, 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Tulsa six and three, and then you go at Boise State, who finished five and two. Uh, that's a pretty tough non-con, I think, uh, in terms of overall win loss yep. uh, for those three teams combined. So you have that, then you have K State at home to open up conference play. You have Baylor at home. You go at Texas, at Iowa State. You have KU at home, which is probably their homecoming game. <laughs> as is everybody. As is everyone's homecoming game is against KU, I believe. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. KU scheduled theirs against Texas Tech, and Texas Tech was finished just above them in, in the in the in the polls mm-hmm. here. But yeah, you go KU, you go at West Virginia, you have TCU at Texas Tech, and then you finish at OU, uh, which Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or sorry, I... no. They have they have OU at home. But oh, okay. Also... But still, sorry. sorry. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, Oklahoma State's roster, not roster, but schedule, is um is a balance. It's kind of it's tough, but it's a balance. You have you're not playing like three softballs or three hardballs back to back. You you have one game where it's like, yeah, we should probably beat Missouri State. Shout out my parents' alma mater, Missouri State. Then you probably go like, man, Tulsa might be a tough one. And then you'd be like, oh, well, Boise State might be the tough one. Then you get Kansas State, Baylor, Texas, Iowa State the tough one, then the softball with Kansas. It's nothing like with Oklahoma where they potentially have be 5-0 and going into uh, out of K-State where it, you know, it could be easy liners for them, which, it, which in, a, in a team that is needs to, I wouldn't say re- re-identify itself, but trying to find a identity with Chuba Hubbard leaving who has been their identity for a long time this isn't the preferable start you would want you would hope that you got the the Oklahoma line softball to begin the season not have to be like Tulsa and Boise State who could potentially kick your teeth in as you're struggling figuring out you know who's the who's the real spark or identity on this offense, yeah, and that's and that's exactly what I was thinking as well. I don't see really any player in my mind right now that stands out on this team. Maybe mm-hmm. LD Brown. I think LD Brown. That's that's about it because and, I know and, the most from him from last year doing the weird two style yeah. running game they had yep. with Chuba Hubbard and Ch- and obviously Chuba didn't uh, produce yep. as well as as people were hoping so. You know, you're going to bring in the other guy and, you know, Redshirt Sr. coming in. I think he's probably, in my mind right now, the guy that's sticking out as, you know, the front runner for the MVP of this offense because Spencer Sanders. (laughs) He's coming back. He's coming back, so maybe this year is... I am just still... Uh, I'm still livid that (laughs) Casey lost to this team last season. Again, as we all know... Colin Settle was on the call. We were on the call. The, we were on the call know, last uh, Oklahoma State it was victory. Logan Mance. It was, and Shout it was Logan. a twenty to eighteen victory. 
which they, they was unfortunate. They did not score an offensive touchdown. Nope. They did not score an offensive touchdown. And you look offensively, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, sorry, uh, <laughs> averaged 426 yards per game. In that K-State game. No, just in the season. Oh, in oh, the season, they yeah, yeah. averaged 426 yards per game, which is fourth most in the Big 12. <laughs> Spencer Sanders in that K-State game only threw 108 yards. And he's coming back, everybody. Get get excited. LD Brown, though, did have 15 carries for 110 yards in that K-State game, which was, if you are an Oklahoma State fan, the lone shining bright. With, I believe, he had some 50-yard rush he to did start ha- the second half or something <clears throat> like yep, that. Yep, he did have that unfortunate um I'm trying instance. to cut that game out of my, mem- out of my uh, memory <laughs> out bank, of your- to be honest <laughs> <with you. laughs> Trying to cleanse the palate here. Yeah. But one guy that I think might, I wouldn't say that be the saving grace, but somebody we might want to keep an eye on, Brennan Presley. They lost one of their big-time wide receivers, I believe, um, last season. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who it was. Um, <clears throat> but he's gone now. So Brennan Pesley, all of last year, only had seven catches for 125 yards, three touchdowns. That alone came against, some, most of that came against Miami when he had six receptions for 118 yards and almost 20 yards per catch average and three touchdowns. So if you are worried that maybe L.D. Brown might have too much of a load on his hands, Brennan Presley might be somebody that you look at as a relief valve to potentially have a more balanced offense this season. And But again, breakout player is, is a tough one to, to quantify because he's only had seven receptions in his entire career, and that was last year. So it's tough to be like, this guy's the breakout if he's only seen limited action, most of it being in the second half of the season. It was Tylon Wallace. Tylon Wallace? Who was the big yep. receiver uh, for Oklahoma State, and then they lost uh, offensive tackle who got drafted. Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins. That's and a big I, blow. I love Tevin Jenkins. I Yes, um, I do too. Big fan of Tevin Jenkins. Losing him is, is big. Mm-hmm. And he went, I believe... He went to the Bears. Second, third round pick. He was a second rounder. Yeah. So the Bears traded up to get Justin Fields, and then they kept their second rounder and grabbed Tevin Jenkins. So the only time you ever hear me say the Bears did a good job, Justin Fields, Tevin Jenkins, that's what you would want from a draft. They they won the first two rounds Oh yeah, in in my mind. Future tackle, left tackle, protect the blind side. Potential Playing future next quarterback. Next to Dalton Reisner, just get the entire Big Twelve up there. <laughs> oh yeah, Big Twelve. Line. Cody Whitehair's or on. Cody that? Whitehair, sorry. Yeah, not, Cody not Whitehair's on that Dalton team, Reisner but maybe Dalton Reisner, Reisner comes available for <laughs> this year. I'm not going to put not, it. Up. He's not leaving Denver. Well, I don't know. We got a lot of guards he's on the team. That would be for another. That would be another show. But That's another, Oklahoma yeah. State looks like a team which last year I think surprised a few fan, a few people in terms of their, um, not effort, but. Projection in the standings. They were third, six and three, eight and three overall, six and three in the conference. This team looks like it's on the step back, I think. You lose Chuba Hubbard, who even though last year had a ter- a really rough year, was still the identity. Yeah. You're gonna, of course, get worse in the line because you lose uh in my opinion, a first round tackle in Tevin Jenkins. Yep. You're already gonna regress, and they never really truly had an elite offensive line at Oklahoma State. Tylen Wallace is gone. A lot of question marks on who's going to step up there. And then Spencer Sanders is not Spencer Rattler or Brock Purdy levels of he's going to propel this team forward. So 8-3, and three, I'm thinking closer to 500 this year. I would agree. I, I just... 
And their recruiting wasn't just, even good this year. They don't have enough talent yep. on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And that is what holds me back from <laughs> from this Oklahoma State team is they just don't have enough talent on the offensive side of the ball. You go defensively, Malcolm Rodriguez at receiver, Devin Harper, Trey Sterling, uh, uh, defensive back safety, Tanner McAllister. Uh, you know, their secondary is nice. but Four starters return to that secondary. Yeah, four starters return to the secondary. And – just there, it just doesn't look like their offense is going to no. produce. Spencer Sanders, yes, had the good game against Miami, but besides and that, I'm not expecting him to, you know, become the breakout player for this team. And I am worried that we're gonna. I wouldn't say I'm worried, but if I was an Oklahoma State fan, I would be kind of fretting and a little scaredy, scaredy here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have about four minutes left, so let's move on to our next. Oh, real team. quick, oh, oh. biggest game on the schedule oh, for yes. Oklahoma State. Uh. It's always going to probably be. probably at Texas. Mm-hmm. I think OU at home is definitely a contender there. At Iowa State, they kind of got not a good draw there for some of those. I think some maybe of those top teams. I think Boise State might be their key game. I think Boise State will be a good game. Tulsa will also be. Yes. If you're talking out of conference, yeah, mm-hmm. those, those out of conference games are going to be big. But I think it'll either be at Texas or Oklahoma at home. Speaking of Texas, before we hit uh, TCU, who's next? Texas is ranked 18th. In the preseason polls, really eighteenth yes. with eighteenth uh, in the top twenty-five AP top. 25. I would have it would have been safer maybe to put them out of the top twenty-five just because I have so many questions. Hey, they're back. back! Texas is back! Texas is back, baby! They're back, Woo! baby! We gotta put them in. <laughs> Oklahoma State in their recruiting though ranked thirtieth nationally, up ten places from the previous year where they were ranked fortieth. In the Big Twelve, ranked third, their highest recruit being Bryson Green from Allen, Texas. A three-star wide receiver who could possibly have been a four-star with a rating of .88. Um, six foot tall, um, 203 pounds from Allen High School. That's a funny name. He's, <laughs> I know, I always love when they put their the city name as their school. It's just so funny for me for some reason. Um, he's sturdy. He He can be a chain mover in terms of bringing him down. 203, six foot tall isn't, again, DK Metcalf or, or um, DJ Moore levels of, of big size, but he does have that that's potential in size to do it. He also has a very good vertical game that a lot of people maybe miss out on because of being six foot 203. Other than that, I don't know why they were ranked third. I, I mean, this year's Big 12 class wasn't as yeah. spectacular. If you're, again, not Oklahoma. Because Oklahoma, of course, had their usual field day of getting elite talent. Other than that, Oklahoma State, you're praying that these two wide— you also brought two wide receivers in, Bryson Green and Blaine Green. Both related, actually. Fun fact, they're, they're brothers. Oh, how about <laughs> that? Look at that. You would hope that they the could the chemistry. provide some impact immediately to at least keep this sinking ship afloat. Because past that, next year— who knows what it's going to look like as we have about 40 seconds here. Give me a quick little rundown of because you said Oklahoma State might be on the downturn 800, uh, five, 800, 500 or below. Uh, I, that's hard. That's really hard. I think looking at their schedule, they'll probably go two and one out of you know non con. Probably pick up a win at home against K State, unfortunately. Probably pick it. You're going to win against Baylor. Yep. You're going to beat KU. You're going to beat Tech. You're going to beat West Virginia. You're going to beat TCU. I could see this team six, seven wins. Six, seven eight, wins. Eight wins max. So, bowl, uh, bowl eligible. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma State's going to be bowl eligible. Yeah, yeah. So yep. that'll be the. This is now that was the first half of our show where we will hopefully pick it up a little bit in the second half because we can get to K State because there's a lot of things to talk about K State which will get a lot of us excited. But we'll step away for a quick little break, then come back and give you the rest of the rundown. Oh, and also we're going to bag on KU, which is always a treat. Always, in always, our always, always. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am so. I am beyond excited. Please do not tune away because oh my gosh, you. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss this. There's a firestorm coming. There is a firestorm, like napalm airstrike <laughs> on Lawrence, Kansas. I am coming, dude. He's got some I am targets. Coming. He's coming for it. He's like the equalizer. You know, you thought he could get away, he could put him down, but he surprises you in every corner. The Terminator. Jo- yes. I'm John Wick. There you go, baby. I'm John Wick. He's I'm com- coming for you. He's got a. You got a. He's got a mark on his head. They're coming. But anyway, we'll I'm step coming. aside and we'll come back after a quick little break. And then we'll continue on with this great Big 12 preview show.